And welcome back to another episode of In the Sheds on Code with Kingy, where I am joined by a member of the Wellington Lions and Hurricanes in Vince Ussel, where we discuss his rapid rise to the Super Rugby level, injury setbacks, and the blessing in disguise that was 2020. So for all of that and much more, please keep listening, and as always, enjoy. Well, tēnā koe, Vince, and thank you very much for accepting my invitation on to Code with Kingy. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful to have um, someone like yourself on the show, bro. So, yeah, namahi. Nah. Cheers, bro. Cheers for the invite. Um, keen to do this. <laughs> and like I was saying, bro, like we were just talking about the preseason off air and having to, I guess, push everything post-January and then even coming off the back of last year. I mean, like, for you, like, what sort of headspace are you in? I know you obviously have Super Rugby. It gets yeah. interrupted. Then you have the Aotearoa competition. Then you roll into Mitre 10 quite late in the year and then it seems like pre-season's rushed you know especially for someone like yourself who took part in the Moana Pacific game so I mean like do you feel like refreshed having come off whatever break you got or has it sort of been a bit helter skelter? Um, I guess just from like previous years or just um, going from pre-season super uh, miters uh, it's always different like something will in, like something will happen and dates will change or like all that shenanigans but I guess it was uh, I'm pretty used to it I just felt like it was a bit hard for me and my my family uh, my my little family not knowing like what dates were secured for like trainings um, game time and and stuff so it's a bit hard for us to work around it to have family time but um, I think when COVID hit uh, I just had my newborn, so it was perfect timing for me. I, I think I, I would have got like a week off, and knowing that my partner would have been real stressed. But when COVID hit, I had like eight weeks off, um, so it was perfect, perfect timing. As well as rugby, um, yeah, it was just a big question mark when we were coming back. You know, doing all these trainings for, on um, on on this 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 app called Strava, where we just do data of, of just our running and training, sending in to our trainers. So it was just a big question mark on when we were coming back. Um, but then the Aotearoa Super Rugby came up. I think it was probably a, a real good um, campaign for us, um, especially for New Zealand. Being hit with COVID it was, it was something big for us. And I think that was just a real good to- uh, tournament to have and to watch. 100% bro. I think for us as fans, you know, speaking personally, I think that yep. being able to see you guys play derbies week in, week out, because I mean like, if I'm being perfectly honest bro, some of those games where I've watched you boys play like the Rebels and the Sunwolves, I mean like, it's, it's hissing to see you guys score all these Razzly tries, but yeah. for us it's almost like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's almost just like an opposed training session, whereas like when you guys have these derby matches, there's, there's just more on the line, you know, you're playing your mates, you know, obviously the, the calibre of players are better, so it's ultimately just going to result in a better game, but like we saw, there was a lot of turnover with injuries, with having to play almost like test match football week mm. in, week out, but I guess yeah. and then even on top of that, you know, the the opportunities for guys that popped up 
by having to rotate because otherwise if you if you're playing the same guy like five six weeks in a row they're only going to get burnt out so yeah. um fingers crossed going into this season you know the coaches have sort of learnt their lesson off the back yeah. of the the inaugural competition then you get rolling in. but I mean you mentioned um having to do all that training at home and how it was sort of a blessing in disguise um when COVID hit and then having had your daughter at that same time like yep. what are you like as a trainer bro just personally do you um do you relish training by yourself or are you one of those guys who loves being around the boys nah it's hard to sometimes um I love training by myself but then during COVID it was just just felt like I was just real lazy and like having my newborn then it was just like uh, it was like hardly any sleep mm. so I was just like waking up late and sometimes I wouldn't do the training session so prefer to just train with the team uh, mm. knowing I, I would push myself for other players so yeah yeah it's a, it's a tough thing and I know that there are people out there who are quite critical of rugby players around you know you guys being treated like rock stars and the money you earn and all this, all the glitz and glam yeah. that comes with it. But I, I think like especially during that COVID period, I guess that was like a, almost like an eye opener for a lot of people as to you know like you guys are literally isolated and you're so used to being around the boys and being in a team environment and you, you but you're still having to keep those fitness levels and those strength levels yeah. up with whatever equipment you guys had. And yeah, having talked to yeah. some of the boys that I know, I know that they said they, I mean a lot of them hate road running, so that was that was that was always going to be a shit thing, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think just that, not is it, is it was almost like an unfamiliar environment for you boys because you guys are just constantly and constantly around the boys, and they're almost like a second family, you know, for, for a little yeah, boys huh. you hang out with. So, yeah, um, fingers crossed we don't go into a lockdown anytime soon, bro. But I, I want to take it back to D Dot with you, cuz. So, yeah. how did how did Vince Arsenal start playing rugby, and where did you grow up? Uh, I was born and raised in Auckland, Central Auckland. Grew up. Um, with four older brothers, oh, majority, majority of my family were boys, so had a lot of brothers and oh, had a lot of cousins live with us. Me, my brothers, and my parents. Um, I think my mum was probably the only female in the house majority of the time. <laughs> so I grew up with the um, sport of rugby, um, like just real minted into our family. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, watching my brothers play rugby and all that um, but like me I wasn't I, I was pretty serious with my rugby but for them it was just like a good family thing to to do but I think for them it was just get out get fit but I saw it as a pathway for for me to hopefully get a get to the AVs jersey or something like that mm-hmm. lucky enough I was I was I was good enough to work hard, listen to our parents and just stay true to the ground. Um, and from there, just went from Auckland, Auckland ITM. I oh, first went to St. Peter's College. Uh, no, 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 um, what do you call that stuff? Uh, Representative rugby, what, what are you talking? Uh, like, when you get, when they pick you up for school. Oh, no scholarships or anything like that? Yeah, no, nah, no scholarship. Just straight mum and dad had to pay a hefty amount of money <laughs> for school. Uh, so <laughs> I had to work hard at school so let them down. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at high school, I think I only played three years of 
Chris has Dean. Only three years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I'm just messing with you, bro. I mean, like, yeah. So, so, but by the sounds of it, you, you, you sound like a guy that obviously had a bit of ability as a young fella and sort of looked at rugby as a as a as a gateway to, to bigger yeah, and better huh. things. Yeah. Um. Exactly. And so, obviously, you, you play your club footy. You probably maybe maybe played a little bit of rep stuff. And so was. So when you went to St. Peter's, did you ever have like any other school in mind? I mean, I know that like Mount Abbott Grammar is another one that's sort of in that central yeah, area. Yeah, so huh. was St. Peter's just the closest one for you um, just um, to get to? Or did your brothers go there? What was the go with that? No, um, my brothers went all to Anyanga High School. I went there my first year and then I was playing club rugby for uh, under 12s for Ponsonby. And I got a few friends in there that went to St. Peter's and their parents persuaded my mum to... Um, get me into St. Peter's just because it was a good school, um, educational and um, sports-wise. So I went to St. Peter's and from there on I just took off and started training hard and yeah. So I know that the, the Auckland 1A competition uh, is, is huge and, and yeah, I know uh, that especially when you're playing teams like your Grammars, your Kings, your Mags. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- those are like what we mentioned before. They're almost like derby matches, you know, week yeah, in, right. week out. And I mean, you can't even take schools like De La Salle lightly nah. because you know, on their day, they can knock off anyone. So, yeah. In your time playing in that first affiliate level, considering you did play three years, um, <laughs> did you realise at the time just how sort of a bigger deal it was? And did you take it like seriously, like from year eleven onwards? Like we like once you made the first team, were you like, yep? I want to get into this rugby thing, or did it, did it not quite become so serious until maybe your last year at school? Um, I think when I got to, like, when I started making rep teams um, during school, uh, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, this could be a start to getting to higher, t- uh, higher teams and higher honours. And from there, I think it was my uh, last year, started making rep teams and... From there on, I just started working hard, and like <laughs> like a typical island rugby boy, started dropping in my class work. So <laughs> um, I had to find a balance. But um, yeah, I think my last year was when I kind of thought oh, I could use rugby as a pathway, like you said, and yeah, it's been. <laughs> Been good, isn't it? Well, look at where you now. Look at yeah. where you are now, bro. All that um hard work, and I guess maybe dedicating a bit more time to rugby than your schoolwork um has paid <laughs> dividends, bro. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, how successful was your time in the first fifteen at St Peter's? Did you go make any finals or anything like that in your time there? Um, nah, not really. I think my second year was um Patrick Tupolotu was our captain, and nah, we my time at oh my time in first fifteen. No, we were pretty rubbish. I think we were like not even top eight <laughs> most oh, of the time. Wow. So, so yeah, it was a tough time for us. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess that that just sort of comes in waves, right? I mean, you can't really dictate yeah. which kids, you know, your age go to your school and, and whatnot. Yeah, and uh, especially with the way that I guess, especially at that time, because I spent a bit of time in Auckland. Um, yeah. And also my first year at Mags, um, my oh, only sure. year at Mags, yeah, bro, it was uh, in 2010. And so, and I sort of had a, a decent enough scope, you know, being a 13, 14 year old of like, you know, which schools were stacked and which ones yeah, weren't. Right. And I know that 
especially for schools like your St. Peter's in comparison to see your Grammys, your Kings and your Kent's who, whether we like to admit or not, had a bit more money or a bit more prestige yeah, to right. throw around. You know, it, it can be quite difficult for some of the smaller schools who really rely on, I guess, maybe like a strong under-14s or under-15s group to then yeah, kick yeah, on through. Right. But, okay, so we won't reflect too much on that time considering <laughs> the results that you had, bro. But having done my diving, I, I see that you made the New Zealand schools in your final year of school. So... I guess you would have been one of the shining lights um, in an otherwise, I guess, unsuccessful year for the school. So, I mean, what was the plan for you? Like, once you once you left, had you, like, signed an academy contract with Auckland by the time yep. you were finishing up at school? And, like, where did things roll on your, your first year out? Um, yeah, like you said, I signed off uh, Auckland Academy. So my first year out, I was with the academy, just training the early morning Grinds, 5am, wake up, 4-6am start. It's pretty tough, but uh, looking back at it now, it's, it's got me to where I am today. So, But, um, yeah, started off at Auckland Academy and club rugby for ponies. And I think I was like playing some good code at club rugby. And then that first year out of school, I managed to make the Auckland ITM, playing like with... Big names like George Morala, Hadley Parks, um, Angus Tarvel, and also like Peter Whitburn and that. So it was pretty, um, it was pretty like surreal for me at that time. So yeah. Were you the only one from that first year out crop from the academy that got signed for Auckland that year? Um, nah, oh, it was me and I think it was Sotala um, from St. Kent's and... I can't remember, but there was one more person. But mm-hmm. yeah, so they obviously uh, made the effort to bleed through a couple of young guys. And I mean, how did you, yeah, how yeah. did you how did you find that, bro? Like being thrust into that environment so early on. I mean, again, mm. like reflecting on some of the other guys that I've talked to, they you know they explain the fact that you know when they get into these, I guess like high performance units with you know guys who are playing on TV, you know all year round, yeah. that it can be a bit daunting, you know, like. You sort of don't even want to say hello to them because you don't want to disrespect them at all, bro. So, I mean, oh, like, and, and you've been, like, 18 yeah. or 19. Like, how did you handle that? Were you, like, quite a quiet kid that, that first year out? Oh, if, uh, if, if you've met me, like, the first time, I was just, like, a shy kid, real quiet, just, like, st- stuck to whoever I know, oh, whoever I knew. Um, so I was pretty, like, daunt, uh, like, real scared and just, like, didn't want to say anything, just... Do what do what I was told, like whether it was just train or, or like just whatever was ha- was happening. But like whenever like all the big names come back from like super or to train with us, I was just like, wow, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I was just like, wow. Yeah, because I like bro, like I I find that even like when we get some of the, the, the hurricanes coming back to train, bro, I find myself sort of going into my shell a little bit. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm... That, was, that was me, bro. I was just like, nah, I'm going to step back for a bit. <laughs> 100%, bro. Okay, so, you, so you're in the Auckland environment, you get an early taste yeah. of that. I mean, how, how did Auckland go that year? Like, did, were you guys very successful? And did you get um, much game time? We, uh, I was lucky enough to get enough game time on wing because uh, we had a few injuries. So I had, I think I played like majority of the season, and then I got, I think it was like, towards like, the last few games I, I did my hammy, so I 
I was out for a couple of weeks. But um, now nah, we made the semis, play Canterbury down there and playing, always playing Canterbury down there. It's tough. It's tough. And back then, it was, I was, it was a stacked team, like no doubt stacked. <laughs> but nah, I think it was, we did pretty well that year. So. Yeah, you obviously would have taken a lot of learnings, bro. Um, and then even on top of that, bro, like within that sort of one, two year span, you played for New Zealand under 20s and you played for them twice. Now, first go around, you, you, you were linked with with the uh, Hurricanes coach, Chris Boyd, who I know was quite yeah. influential in, in getting you to the Hurricanes, and we'll get to that later. But then you also spent a bit of time with Scott Robertson the second time around and ended up winning it. So maybe run us through, if you can, like the, those two campaigns. Um, and I guess, like, I guess obviously the, the stark contrast is, you know, winning one and then losing one. But, yep. you know, what did being in that environment again do for you? I mean, you mentioned early on your aspirations for wanting to be an All Black, as any young kid does. So, yep. like, was that quite another sort of surreal milestone for you, making that team and then again doing it the second time round and almost redeeming the previous year's yeah, loss? Hard. Yeah, like you said, it was like another milestone for me, but also for my family, um, just get to represent them. Um, but, yeah, that first year, Boydie was our coach. It was a bit weird because it was in New Zealand, so we were, like, training here, or training and playing here, but I think we were just a young team that year, real young. Oh, like, I think there was, um, I can't really explain, but, yeah, we were just real young. Like, when you look at, like, the South African team, they had, like, uh, Andre Pollard, Jesse Creel, um, a few of the um, Springbok forwards that are in the top team now in there. So we were just, like, and we had, like, what, Damian McKenzie in it. I think it was, like, we were just real, real young and just trying our best, but um, we lost in the semis against South Africa and we were a bit gutted. But for me, it was just like a, like a moment, like like a uh, like a pretty unreal moment because I was I was able to make twenties my first year, knowing that I had one more year because of, but I I I didn't mind if I didn't make it or not, but I would have been gutted as well. But um, yeah, no, it was it was a pretty mean campaign um, having it here in New Zealand. But yeah, pretty gutted we couldn't take it out. And, mm. and then um, that second year, Razor Ray, <laughs> it's a funny coach. Um, loves a, loves a joke. Nah, but um, that year was in Italy, so like from the previous year, I was I was pretty experienced. From like I was pretty experienced. And like, I think from that year, oh, from that first year, I was picked up for the Canes from Bordy. So I was like, I didn't go to the camps for the second year. So I was pretty, I was training with the Canes and stuff. So I was pretty experienced. And I think there was a few of us as well. There was with super teams, so we were pretty experienced as well. So I think gradually, as as a whole team, we were like an experienced team, and we had some. Unreal talent in the forward pack and even in the back line, like Akira Yuane, TV Lee, um, TJ Fayane, Otere, um, Mitchell Hunt. So, and uh, I think, um, what's his name? Antonina Brown and um, Jack Uruhu was 
with super teams as well. So when they came, oh, they went with us um, the first few weeks in Italy. And then they came later. I think we were just in the semis. That boosted our team up real good to now. Nah. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty. It's pretty cool in Italy, but yeah. Yeah, must get the win. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent, bro. I guess like winning the whole thing, and I guess especially for someone like you, not to say that you probably didn't care as much your first year round, but just knowing in the back of your mind that, okay, you know, if things don't go to plan, I can still redeem myself the following year with, yeah, with falling under that age bracket, bro. But. Um, and again, you mentioned Bordy helping you pick up the Hurricanes contract. But, but yeah, and again, before I get to that, bro, as someone who's, you know, there's been a lot of talk about um, the All Blacks coaches and, you know, about the potentially the snubbing of, of Scott Robertson within the rugby public. And so what is yeah. it that makes him so awesome and that, you know, makes his teams win all the time? Because, I mean, the proof's in the pudding with the, with the 20s yeah, group. And then with the Crusaders as of late, I mean, like, for you, like, even in that short time span, you know, like, can you pinpoint anything that makes him special? I think he's just real, a, a real good team man, um, drives that team focus, which brings, like, good teamwork, and I think he was just, you know, just one of the best for the team. I think all coaches are the same, but he was a bit different in his in his coaching ways which suited players like us that wanted to just, just throw the ball around and just be razzle. Um, he was like that, so I think he was real open-minded to players' ideas and just the mindset of winning, so yeah. Mm. I think like the, one of the things that I, I've almost observed is, is, like you said, he's very adaptable with his game plans, so he, yeah. he tends to play to his team's strengths, but I think mm. more than anything else, you know, even though the Crusaders, you know, um, to most fans, you know, they play a very boring, structured style of play. But when I actually watch them, it looks like the players are having fun. And I think, yeah. like, people will actually be surprised, you know, like when you have a very fun working environment that, environment, yeah. yeah, like how much of an effect it actually has on your game because you're not worried about screwing up. You're not worried about, yeah. you know, like throwing that offload and getting yelled at or getting dragged because, you know, he almost embraces that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 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 I can totally see why he is the life of the party. I mean, like, you see his dance moves yeah. after the finals and stuff like that. And even being an ex-player, bro, I guess that probably counts for a lot because I guess he almost has an understanding of what yeah, he... Yeah, experience. Yeah, 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 what his players would want because, you know, he's been in your foot, you know, he's been in your shoes. So, yeah, hard. yeah um, I mean, like, fingers crossed he doesn't have the same like this time around and, and you boys can get the job done. But, yeah, yeah I mean, sure. like, yeah, you got to take your head off to a guy who has had that, that great a track record, bro. But, yeah, yeah, back to your other coach, though, from your first 20s campaign, um, Chris Boyd. Boy. Now, again, like, having done a bit of reading, I, I, you were, I guess you came out and said that you actually had the opportunity to stick with the Blues on a wider training squad contract, which, yep. you know, potentially for you being an Auckland boy, you probably envisage yourself playing for the Blues and, you know, being around yeah, family, I, I know, is a, is a big thing for you Pacifica boys. So, yep. like, how big a decision was it for you to come down to Wellington um, where, you know, maybe you perhaps didn't know as many people as you did back home? And, yep. and I mean, like, did you adjust to, I guess, the Wellington lifestyle quite quickly? Um, it was it was probably one of the biggest um, decisions ever. I think for my career and as a person, um, like you said, us brown boys you know, love our family and 
I think it was just me and my mum at the time at home uh, in Auckland. Um, my dad and my, a few of my brothers were in, living in Oz at, oh, at that time. Um, so it was pretty hard to leave my my mum alone um, growing up, just being around my mum and always relied on her. Um, it was one of the hardest uh, things to do, but uh, I got a few, got a few like, just like, I had a few chats with people, or different people, like my Auckland coaches, um, family, family members and, and friends, and they all thought Hurricanes would be a good good move for me. Just not a, not only as a person, but as a rugby player as well. And I think ever since from that move, it's just changed me as a person, made me like the person who I am today, and pretty much I had to mature up pretty quick moving away from home. It's pretty daunting, but I knew it was a good opportunity for me, uh, and I was hoping at the time it would be a good move, and um, you know, ever since from then, never regretted it. So I was, I was real grateful, and just an opportunity for you. Yeah, 100%, bro, yeah. I, I think like like anyone who's got to move away from home, but then I guess the, the added pressure of, of being a rugby player, and unfortunately yeah. for you guys, unlike any other occupation, you know, as professional athletes, you know, you guys get yeah. judged um, week in, week out, and you know, just like that, you can have everything taken away from you. So, I mean, yeah, for a young kid moving out of home, you know, to the Hurricanes, you know, that, that, that was quite a accelerated pathway for you, you know, going straight from sort of school playing for Auckland, then straight into the Hurricanes, bro. But yeah. it, it looked as if they they did a pretty good job with actually making sure they didn't fast track you too much whilst you were in that super environment. You know, considering the fact that you played for the Twenties um, and missed out on a chunk of opportunities and then playing behind someone like Ma'anonu and Commerce with, mm. or not playing behind but training with them training, and yeah. picking up all their good habits you know because I mean like those two are arguably the, the two greatest midfielders we've ever had bro so yeah. yeah going off the fact that you didn't actually get any game time but were still yeah, a part of that championship campaign I mean like what was that you know what was that like for you bro like what was that well not well not sorry I'll rephrase it 2016 you guys won but being yeah. part of that team for 2015 you know, like yeah. what? What did you learn from those guys? Just like my first year out of school, going into academy, it was real daunting. You know, not knowing what what it was like in that um, environment and moving away from home. But um, you know, like you said, two of the big names at the position I play, uh, Maanone and Conrad Smith, real different, two different um, personalities, and uh, and I was sitting. In the middle of them two in my locker room, or in the changing rooms. Oh my god! First first day I met um, Conrad Smith. It's just like I was just like, oh, 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 oh hey, <laughs> just like real mumbly and like, but I was just like real like, like and I was just like, wow, it's the man himself. <laughs> so I was like, I was just real shocked. But yeah, he's he's real like, he's real like quiet and unless you talk to him. I tried my best talking to him, but I was just real shy and just like didn't want to didn't want to blow with him. So, um, but <laughs> he was on my left side and then my, on my right side. Man, he was real different. He he was real like welcoming. Always loves the joke, but like when you work hard, he works real hard and like he he he'll tell you straight up like if you're doing something wrong or like if you're just being an idiot. So yeah. But other than that, he was real good off the field, um, real friendly, always helped you if you need something. But yeah, that first year, it was just a real learning 
real, a real learning year for me. I was a bit gutted, didn't get to play. I was hoping I was get to get to play against Blues, but nah, that didn't happen till the following year. But nah, that whole year was just a real, real, real learning year. I was just real grateful to be be under the wings of those two great um, two goats, and also the the rest of the, the team, you know, like Bowden Barrett, T.J. Perrin. Uh, there's a lot of them in that team were just unreal. So gutted to not get the win in the end. Yeah, yeah, totally. Were you were you boys made up for it the following year? And like you said, you go on to make your debut. Yeah. In, in 2016. Um, and oh, I mean, debut. Oh, you still here to make your debut? Nah, that debut was shocking. Oh, true, true, true. Okay, okay. Well, if it was shocking, bro, run us through it. How did how did that how did that week play out? I mean, like obviously it would have been exciting. Yeah, for you guys nah, to, or, you know, for someone like yourself to, the, to funny crack it, but yeah. Um, because that week before we played the Canary, oh, Canary, um, we played Crusaders and Nelson for preseason, and we were like, fun them like 70 something, 20, so we were like, wow, we're rehearsing. And then we had, who was it? Um, what's this? T- oh, the Aussie team. Oh, um, the, it was the Brumbies. Brumbies. Yeah, it was the Brumbies' yeah, first yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, first game. I think we. We went, um, we left, or oh, we flew like Thursday. Usually, like, it would have been like a week, but um, we flew Thursday, played the next day, and I was like, oh, I was fizzing, like, me and Ani, debuts, both young, but like, yeah, I was, I was real excited, and then got to game day, I was real nervous, just like, damn, made it, so time to show, and then I think it was just like, I don't know what happened that day. <laughs> I think we were just all off. Um, yeah. Got a thrashing like fifty something, seventeen. Man, the worst reviews I've ever had. <laughs> just getting munted at as a team. Yeah, yeah. Obviously it's not the way. Start. Yeah. Yeah, tough start to to my super um super campaign, but nah. Yeah, like you see, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent, bro. You got to take the learnings even from the bad experiences and. Yeah, I remember that game because <laughs> it was almost like, what the hell off the back of yeah, you guys bro. making the final? And then it's like, uh, are yeah. these boys going to like pull it together? But you guys did. You guys went on a hell of a roll. I think um, after that game, um, I think the Aussie commentators were like, nah, these guys are looking mm. for them. And then I was like, oh, shit. But then Nick minute come to the end of the competition, you, you, guys, <laughs> <laughs> you guys end up taking oh, the yeah, thing huh. out, bro. So... Obviously, you, you, you got a few opportunities you know, yep. yourself that year round, um, and you guys go on to win the competition, so that would have been awesome. Yep. Um, but I, I want to kick on, bro, because 2017 is really when you go on to stamp your mark, you and Nani. Yep. Um, so was that, you know, rolling into that season, did you take a lot of confidence having spent two years in the Hurricanes environment, and was your play on the field just a reflection of that, or, you know, was there anything that... I guess happened between the end of the mm. 2016 season and the start of the 2017 season that put Vincenzo on the map. Um, I think what you you hit it on um, what you said did contribute to like that year. You know, having two seasons and super now, I was like, real just keen to to like shine and make my mark on the field. And I think after that 2016 season and Mida season, I just worked my my ass off and just during our off season I was just at in Auckland just 
running hills, training hard, and like I think from from all that hard work and you know behind the scenes work paid off that year. And def I definitely had a what would you call it? I a guess breakout a, year. Yeah, breakout year. So yeah, I think from just having two years in in super, I was just real keen to just have a good go, have a good crack, and hopefully keep going. Mm. Now, as part of that breakout season, bro, um, you go on to score 14 tries a year, um, yeah. and, you've, and you finish one behind Nani, who Nani, ended up with yeah. 15. Now, like, I had to ask, bro, was, you know, when you guys were sort of like neck and neck for that try scoring record, yeah. like, was there ever any, like, thing between you two, like, hey, if I get a breakaway, I'm not passing you the ball, because I want to finish, <laughs> like, top of the try scoring box, bro, like. I think um, there was a game against, um, I think we lost to the Crusaders and then there was a game at, um, in Wellington against, I think it was the Cheetahs. And Nani, I remember Nani said, I'm going to score. Oh, that week, he's going, oh, I'm going to score so many tries this week. And I think he scored like one and I scored like three. <laughs> he was done it as. So, yeah, he was trying his, nah, we would have just had good banter. Good banter on that. Because, I mean, like, you, you guys w were lethal that year. Like, if it wasn't you scoring the tries, it was him. Yeah. Um, and, and I have to say, like, and I've got this in my notes, bro, like, like it's no hiding the fact that you're rapid. I mean, like, I've seen, you know, you, you score your long-range tries. And I'm, I remember one of the bros was showing me this video of you playing for the ponies. And oh, one of your mates got, man. like, a breakaway. <laughs> and you, like, made the effort to, like, gas it and yeah. run past him just to show that, like, had you had to catch him. You yeah. could have. So, like, have, has that always been, like, your thing, like, long-range tries? And, I mean, like, you, you even score, like, the, the the freakish ones in the corner like you did against the Highlanders that time, bro. And, and I'm not yeah. trying to gas you up too much, bro, because nah. I know how you boys play at Humble, you know, on the mics <laughs> um, in comparison to when you're out on the training field, bro. But, yeah. but is that something that, is that, like, the... Is that like the biggest thrill for you, like when you're on the footy field, like getting a dot and making sure that it is hissing? Um, like honestly, bro, like like I ask this like sincerely. You don't have to say like, nah, I love my tackles and I love my clean outs, like because it because it is it, like when I watch you, bro, like you, especially like when it looks like you're having a lot of fun because like yeah, you are bro. known for like your smiles and your celebrations. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like you, you're just clicking on all cylinders. So, like, has that always been, like, the way you've approached the game, you know, having fun? Um, no, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I, I love playing rugby and, you know, I love being able to do it as a job as well. So, you know, having fun, scoring tries and doing, like, some pretty eater stuff. Um, nah, I'm just pretty, <laughs> I'm just always, I always have a, a smile on my face, so, yeah. Nah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, 100, bro. Well, it's cool to watch as a Hurricanes fan. Um, yeah, and hopefully there's still more to come, bro. But yeah. um, ro rolling off the back of that of, of that try-scoring feat um, in 2017, and you, you managed to roll into 2018 carrying similar form, arguably just as good, but you then get hit with a wrist injury. Yeah. And then even at that time, I know that there was a bit of talk about you potentially being caught up for the All Blacks. Um, yeah by Steve Hansen, bro, and, 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 I, and I don't mean to press, bro, but I, I am really curious as to, you know, what your psyche was like at the time, you know, obviously you have this great run of form, you're almost on cloud nine, you know, you have the All Blacks coach talking about you, and then just by virtue, you know, of, a, of an injury, you know, which can happen to anyone anywhere, 
the opportunity goes amiss. So on top of obviously having to deal with going through rehab, like yeah. was that like how gutted were you like knowing that you were that close at that time? Um, yeah, I was that year um, when I got my first injury. I was just like, like it was like, oh damn, I'm injured. Like, what do I do now? Like, can't really train. I can't really play. And like, um, I think it was my ligaments and my wrists, and it was going to take ages. And I was like, fuck. And I think it was during ITM. Oh, ITM? Yeah, ITM. Um, when there was talks of me about being in the ABs, and yeah, I was, I was real gutted. Um, you know, I was just like, oh, fuck. I was just. I was in a tough spot that time, um, being honest. Um, my headspace was all over the place. You know, just being able to, just being able to like play and something like an injury like this just puts you off for a couple months and you know, missing the chance to put on the jersey you're working hard for. And um, I was just real gutted and yeah, I was real down at that time. So. It was a hard time for me, but, um, nah. Yeah, again, again bro, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, bro. And, and again, like like we mentioned earlier, you had to take your learnings from it. And, and, I, and I, only, I only ask, bro, because, again, part of the reason why I love having talks with, with guys like yourself and some of your yeah. teammates is getting an insight into, you know, what it's really like being a rugby player. Because everybody sees what happens on TV. You know, everyone yeah. sees you guys rolling around you know, doing whatever stuff in your flash gears, but I don't think people actually have a great enough appreciation, no. like you said, of all the hard work that you guys put in, you know, running hills, yeah. you know, getting up in the morning and training. And then even with setbacks like this with injuries, because, you, I mean, you, it comes with playing a brutal game and, and injuries are inevitable, but, you know, it's even like the bounce back from that and getting your head right and, you know, you know, not worrying about injuring your wrist your second time round and, yeah, you know, right. having to sit on the sideline and then, I mean, like, it's a it's a struggle enough for people who miss a couple of weeks, you know, going to the gym or going for runs and having to get back into yeah. it. Whereas, like, for you guys, you know, there is a certain level of fitness that you're expected to be at when you're playing at certain levels. And then, like you said, if you, if you have an injury and you're out for, you know, two to three months and then you've got – and you've worked so hard to get yourself into that peak physical form mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it goes away because you can't train and then you got to get back there and you're almost like – if bro like I hated getting up at five o'clock now I've got to do it all over again bro like yeah, bro. yeah that, that's just the sort of stuff I like to shine light on and then yeah. I guess I guess for you I thought it would only be compounded with you know like again like you said it's every kid's dream to play for the All Blacks and to know that you know that you were that close you know that must have been a huge struggle but then also at the same time it must have been like damn like I, I was right there and it's not to say that it won't ever happen again bro but yeah just yeah. especially like I guess for you at that time Riding that wave, mm. and then yeah, yeah, just the the harsh realities again. The harsh of, reality. Yeah, yeah of of playing a, a contact sport, bro. But you know, again, not to not to keep the sad cycle going, bro. But you roll into twenty nineteen, um, yeah. and and you, and you look the goods, you know, for the early part of it. But four games in, you suffer another season-ending injury. Now, having done all that work, you know, on your wrist, you know, having you know severe ligament da- ligament damage, mm. and then having to bounce back from that. Was it worse the second time round going back into rehab, or did you feel like you were maybe a little bit mentally stronger having to have gone through it, you know, once over? Nah, to be honest, I was I was broken. Uh, when I went on when I got subbed in to for the Landers game, 
I went to go make this tackle and I think I tackled his knee and when I got up I felt my shoulder oh my pick and I was like hey feels real weird so I just like kept playing on trying to just like hope it was just like a little niggle oh like a little stinger and then like kept playing and I was like fuck this feels so weird and I just I just had, I had to call Doc and he did an assessment and all these assessments, it was just real weak and pulled me off. And then after the game, got checked and told me, oh, told me didn't look too good. And I think I just, I just started crying because I knew like I, I did all that off-season work, working hard and just like getting back from, oh, coming back from that other injury. I was just real keen to make a, uh, make a stamp again and hopefully bring back that um, same Vince from 2017 but yeah that injury yeah, it just real broke me oh it really broke me um, mentally physically um, you know, it was a tough it was a tough year that year for me just mentally because I knew it was going to be another long long season without playing and you know when, when, it, when you don't play nah, just like another another <coughs> what do you call it another mountain to climb to get closer to the black jersey and, you know a lot of a lot of doubts coming to and to play not knowing if you'll be the same or same again playing on the uh, playing on the field or stuff like that so it's real tough there but I was pretty grateful for my partner and family to have my back there so yeah mm. tough year yeah 100% bro and again not to carry on with my, my spiels about why I love doing this podcast and stuff, bro. But like like you said, like for yourself, like it, it was almost like arguably one of the worst times in your life. You know, you, you do all that work, you come back and then your season's cut short again and you're you're due for a long stint on the sidelines. And I think like looking at it from a fan, bro, you know, like yep, they realise that Vince Arsenal gets injured, but yeah, you know, they you know, you almost become an afterthought. They're like, oh, okay, well, if Vince isn't there, you know, okay, I'm just going to worry about the next guy that comes through. And again, yeah. for someone like yourself, you know, having had such an awesome season in 2017, and I know for a lot of you guys, you know, you, you try and cement your place because you know how difficult it is. I mean, I mean you know yeah, firsthand, bro, just how quickly, like, um, you can be out of position having, you know, been the man in it for a year long. So, mm. yeah, and then, yeah, like I said, bro, like, you you're still still so bloody young um, in rugby terms, so you've still got so much time on your side, bro. But, yeah, it's yeah, yeah Kilda, and I, I appreciate you um, opening up about that, bro, because I know that for a lot of you boys, you know, reflecting, or for anyone, but reflecting on dark times is difficult. So, yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. you being so transparent with that, bro. But, again, you do the rehab, um, yes. so you had to take off the rest of that super season, and then you end up actually switching colours, bro. So you move from the blue and white hoops... <laughs> Oh yeah, blue and white hoops to playing for the mighty Wellington Lions. So, what spurred that change was like was it you know you had your partner down here at the time and mm. did it just make sense? And I mean, you guys go on to make the final um, and unfortunately yep. lose another final. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like how did how did you enjoy that season? Like, did that back into twenty nineteen? Like, did you manage to I guess salvage any happiness? You know, off the back of arguably having like a a pretty down mm. start to it. To be honest, I was um, I was real confused what I wanted um, during that um, Midas season signing down here. It was just the best for me and my family. Um, 
Oh my, my niece, uh, my little family. But yeah, I was just coming off an injury. I was just trying to get back into it, trying to find my feet again. But it was just, it was just like when a baby tries to learn how to take her, her first few steps. It was just like that. I was just trying to find my my feet, but it was. I felt like something was missing or something in my mind was keep like keeping me like doubting. Uh, I had doubt in my mind, and it was just keeping me from trying to express how I play, usually play, but yeah, I was just, it was a real, it was a real weird season for me that time, and I think towards the end, I got there in the end, like finding that, that Vince factor, and, but yeah, it took a, took, took a while during that, that minor season. Mm. Again, bro, I, I really appreciate the transparency, and again, it's, just, it's another insight for me into you know, yeah, just right. how difficult it is, um, you know, having to turn up every week and be on TV every week. And especially yeah, right. for someone like yourself, you know, because I know that, you know, you would have had a decent amount of, you know, well, you did, you did have a decent amount of Super Rugby experience. So there's obviously an expectation mm. when you go back yeah. down to Mitre 10 Cup that, you know, you, you need to be churning out these performances and you become one of the leaders. So, and yeah. again, like for someone like yourself, having come through a pretty dark time, and then having to front that on top of, I guess, moving teams and dealing with whatever else, you know, I, I can, I could totally see how that could be maybe a bit overwhelming and, and a bit confusing. So, but yeah, again, like I mentioned, like, I'm happy to hear that you managed to find um, a bit of yourself. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm guessing that probably would have reflected it in your play um, towards the back end of the year. But it was just unfortunate that you guys ran into a pretty um, quality Tasman side. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, kudos to them, bro. They're, they're, they're building somewhat of a dynasty down there these mm-hmm. days. But yeah, and then oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. But again, um, like I mentioned earlier, obviously, twenty twenty was a weird year for everyone. But yeah, like you mentioned, um, it was almost a blessing in disguise. You know, you have your daughter, you get yep. to spend two months with her. Where maybe for the the rest of your rugby career and everything prior to the COVID um, lockdown. You would have never got that opportunity, you know, being a professional rugby player, bro. And then on top of that, you get to bring up a milestone that I think you would have liked to have brought up a bit earlier, but you got there in the end, and that's all that matters, and that's playing 50 games for the Hurricanes. So, yeah, hard. And again, what, and what was a really, really weird year for a lot of people, 2020, I mean, like, how special were those two events for you? I guess one, becoming a dad and taking on all that responsibility, and then finally reaching, you know, the, the half century for the boys in yellow. Um, no, nah, I was, I was real stoked when I had my little one. It was just in a like real weird moment. Oh, weird um time, co- during COVID, and all these restrictions and not knowing if I was allowed, if I was gonna be allowed to be in the, in the hospital, because of COVID. But um, nah, I was I was stoked and over the moon of my little one. Not gonna lie, it was it was tough being um, being a new parent trying to learn how to care and and how to adapt to to her um, especially when especially at, at a newborn stage um, it's real hard to tell and what they want um, but um, and it was real sh- stress stressing on my partner uh, waking up feeding her um, it was just it was just a new world for us too and so it was a real sh- real real 
beautiful time, but um, stressing as well. But <laughs> I think that's that's, <laughs> that's what all parents go through. Uh, but Hard. nah, I was real grateful to have my little one. And then um, yeah, the big five zero for the the Canes. Um, you know, I've always I've always said to myself, I'll I'll never play for another franchise, even Blues. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I could never go back to Blues. Um, I'm, I'm pretty grateful f to the Canes for you know, even trusting in my ability and you know, bringing me down. So I'm always grateful and I'm always like just dedicated to the Canes. So yeah, I was, I was real, real happy. Had, had all my family down. I was gutted on the loss to the Blues. <laughs> I'm a big fiver, so nah, but I was real, just real grateful. Yeah, just like, it was a emotional day because, you know, like I said, it was going through all those injuries. I don't know, I could have got, got it earlier, but yeah, I was just real grateful. And, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, they can't take it away from you now, can they? You've you no. finally got the 5 your name's on the board. And, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the fact that, you know, the, it was an, an unfortunate loss to the Blues. And this is actually a really good segue. Uh, what was it, I mean, like, for you, like, having had all these, like, friendships, you know, being a part of yeah, different like, teams, da-da-da-da-da. But I know that you have quite a close bond with the Iwani brothers. Yeah. Now, you know, like, I guess you probably envisioned yourself playing alongside them, you know, rather than against them. But perhaps for people that don't know about, you know, almost like a brotherhood between you guys, you know, like, mm. how did you guys even come into contact with each other at, at such a young age and, like, you know, how special is it now, you know, like, being able to play these guys so often? Um, no, <laughs> we all grew up at the Ponies Club from a young age, and then from there on we just grew up a brotherhood, um, and got so tight that I stayed with them for a couple of months during high school. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I was just like another another brother, another son to them, or to their parents, and yeah, it was it was real, real weird playing against them. You know, growing up, I was always playing with them, or like at least uh, yeah, just with them, and it was just real weird playing against them. But I guess it's it was just it's a just just goes to show how everyone's got a different pathway, and just a real buzzy time and. When I play the blues, I like probably know that half those boys or mm, grew up with all the amongst all those boys. So yeah, it's always <laughs> it's always niggly playing against those guys because giving giving us oh giving me a lot of shit and when we lose or win, and vice versa. So yeah. <laughs> oh, bro, you're the only one with a championship, so I'm guessing that <laughs> especially if yeah. you guys win, you had the last laugh, bro. But now yeah. I have to ask, man. Again, I think you're probably the, the first guest that I've had who, you know, like you said, you, you're almost like a brother to those two, So and, and, you, and you're playing against them rather than with them. Yep. For you, and I mean, like, for anyone else that you know, do you actually play harder when you're playing against your brothers? Or is there, like, a little bit of you that low-key holds back on, like, putting in a solid hit or, like, giving him an eight hand because you're like, ah, nah, that's my anger. Like, I can't do that to him. Yeah. Or, or do you actually, like, or do nah. you actually, like, nah, I've got to rattle him. Like, I have to rattle him. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm awful, like, rattling him. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I was, I reckon if, if he had the chance to rattle me, he would. Uh, 
I'm awful. I'm awful being a pest to them, so yeah. <laughs> oh, bro, it's great to hear. I think I'd be the same, bro, but yeah, unfortunately, my brother's um, a little bit too young to be playing with me, and he doesn't even, <laughs> he doesn't even play rugby, bro, so I, I, I leave him to do his own thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's cool, bro. Like, I guess it um, probably captures everything that I wanted to capture from your career so far. I mean, you've still yeah. got so much to go, bro, but i got two um, segments to end on, bro. Um, the yep. first being, can you run us through like what your game day preparation looks like? Are you, are you quite a superstitious guy? Like, do you have a certain meal on a on a Friday night for a Saturday game? Like, how do, how do you get yourself ready, you know, to play rugby? Um, yeah. no, I had this, I had this weird, um, like, what do you call it, that routine. Like, even my partner knows not to message or call me. So on game day, but I don't, I don't touch my phone. Oh, I, I use it for music, but I don't reply to texts or calls, put on flight mode. And that whole day I just, I'm in my zone, probably just playing games, trying to take my mind off the game until until I have to be at the stadium. But yeah, I'm, if you try to contact me on game day, nah, straight to voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, nothing, nothing too extraordinary. Just that, just no texting or calling. All right, cool. So you're a pretty chill dude. And yeah. then you just roll on the field and it's time to have some fun. Okay, bro. Okay, yeah. so my um my last segment, cuz, is called 10 in the bin. So I've just got 10 questions for you. Yeah, and I cool. need you um to answer them as honestly as possible, please. Yes. All right, question number one. What is your go-to vessel at a pre-drinks on a night out? Um, long wide. Flavor? Uh, peach. Mm, I like it. Uh, who is the, the biggest coach's pet you've been around? Oh, frick, that's hard. Uh, Ricky Riccatelli. <laughs> <laughs> what's your must-do on a day off? Uh, massage. Nice. Uh, what's your least favourite fitness block or exercise? Um, MS. Mm, yeah. Uh, favourite cheat <laughs> meal? KFC. Or what's your order? 20-pack, um... Wicker wing. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I can do twenty, but yeah, like oh, I, 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 it. <laughs> I, love, I love them that. as well. Uh, biggest or most regretful baller purchase. So what I mean by that, cuz, is that what have you gone out, splashed a whole lot of money on, and then like a day later or a week later, being like, if I did not need to buy that. Um, probably like, I think my first year of super. There was this one time when we went out, and I, I, think, I honestly think I splashed like a K on alcohol. <laughs> just like splashing on, like just thinking I was cool. Like, yeah. Man, like, oh, bro, yeah. like so easy to I do, eh? Really, you just yeah, swipe bro, your card. Yeah, bro. 100. And then there's even the expectation with your footy boys, like, yeah, yeah, your shout, your shout, your shout, your $1. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, bro. All right. Um, what is your go to dance move? <laughs> um, the body roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay. Question number eight. Who is your guilty music pleasure? Oh, Chris Brown. Mm, yeah, he is the man. Don't care what yeah. anybody else says. Uh, who is the biggest grub you've played with and against? Um, Woof, um, Sam Lousy. Against um, probably Alex Nankerville. 
It's truth. Okay. Mm. That's an interesting one. All right, bro. Last question, because I know I've been holding you for too long. You've so got to finish the sentence for me. And I'm going to be very interested to see the way you finish the sentence. Yeah. Saturdays are for... The boys. <laughs> Hopefully my missus doesn't hear this. <laughs> oh, bro. I, I, I've got no comment, bro. I, I don't want to get in between anything and your missus, bro. But um, like I mentioned at the start of this, bro, I'm very, very grateful to have taken away an hour of your time um I, i've really enjoyed having this chat you've been very transparent um which i always appreciate with any guests that i have on so yeah yeah thank you very much cuz and best of luck um for this coming weekend hopefully you boys can get one up on your blues brothers or not yeah, blues brothers as in like your brothers and the blues yeah. not actually your brothers <laughs> nah bro um nah thanks again bro i'm real real grateful for this cheers bro all right appreciate it cuz later cheers